You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Hey, 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 we are back for part two of the series finale discussion. This is the Insecure Experience podcast brought to you by Flawless Noises Media Network. I'm Candace, and I'm joined by Tia and Bree, and we are ready to finish up this uh, this discussion. Hey, ladies. Let's hey. get into it. Hello. We left off discussing Kelly's birthday party where she did her big pregnancy reveal. And then- Wait, wait. One thing I forgot to say was the fucking dress. Can we have some commotion? And the right? hair. Let's yeah. Oh. She, she looked amazing. She looked yes. she looked absolutely stunning. She did. Um, and so you know, we saw the wheels turning in Issa's in Issa's head. But then she goes back to her place to, to get a little naughty and, and nasty with Nazir. And as Bree said in the first part, the bully in the mirror shows up um i hope at this point like if you're listening if you go back and watch a couple episodes um the the uh isa in the mirror was always an asshole it was always making isa doubt herself it was always making her feel inadequate like she couldn't do things um and so it's good to see that you know insecure the the person causing the insecurities is in the mirror it's that yeah. person. Yeah. Nobody else has been making Issa insecure for all these seasons, but Issa. That which... was such a hard realization for me. And I think I shed a few tears when I realized that because I really thought that the one of the mirror was rooting her on. And I think that um, it was something for me to hear too, because I do that to myself. Like the moment that I think I have a, a good idea or whatever, I immediately start talking myself out of it. I immediately start, you know, thinking like, well, what if other people don't like it or whatever? Like, um, I had this really in-depth conversation with one of my friends who's a pastor. Shout out to um, Melik and um, Bethel Amy, excuse me, Bethel Amy and Selma, North Carolina. I've started going there uh, because he is a non-judgmental pastor. I know it sounds like an oxymoron but it's really who he is. And he was saying how Insecure had really ministered to him, especially with the whole mirror talking thing, because, um, you know, letting the outside forces, not just a mirror, but her fear of what other people would think of her going back to Lawrence, like rules so much of the things that would make her happy. And when she realized she doesn't need any of that validation to make herself okay. You know what I'm saying? absolutely yeah and while she while the bully in the mirror is talking to her lawrence calls and the bully talks her out of answering the call um yeah i'm kind of glad she didn't answer though she looked good in that moment though yeah i, said, I know um, that's right Easter. it would have been awkward to answer that call while you was about to get some dick so that was a <laughs> that was a good that was a good choice. However, it just it didn't deter anything. Um but she did. She she didn't take the call. She went and had a night of passion with Nazir. 
And then we make it back around a year later to Molly's birthday, right? Because we started with Molly's birthday. So we're back at Molly's birthday. And she is still at the office. Her and Torian are still together. At this point, Kelly, she's, oh, come on, Brie. Now, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> that was an atrocious fucking wig. Now you like them. She liked them over. Listen, when I saw baby ass wig. <laughs> yeah, when I saw somebody say on Twitter that she inherited her mama's wigs from their estate planning, I fell oh. out more. I know. I was cold as ice ass wigs. Like, girl. <laughs> Nigga, Go that, back to the a, blade haircut. <laughs> that was a just let your not the cold blow. blooded hair wig. You know, yeah. I, mean, I, I just I I swear though because on a show that where the hair is so on point and so good, I just feel like Molly be like, "Hey, hook me up with the worst shit you got. What you got? Give me the worst that you could find." But I don't know if it's the African in her. Please don't come for me. Y'all know them aunties love them wigs. Um, at this point, I believe wardrobe and purposely puts them wigs on her. Maybe there's no way Issa. <laughs> yeah, there's no way Issa's hair looks as incredible as it does. Tiffany's hair looks incredible. Kelly's hair looks Kelly. incredible. Even goddamn Cadola's hair looks incredible. Shit, even Lawrence. And then we get motherfucking Molly with this mop ass wig on her head. Girl. <laughs> Anyways, not to drag on Molly in that wig, but that wig bad, girl. But that wig is horrible. That wig is awful. She, you know, she's but, talking about losing her mom and how she, yeah. she's having a conversation with Issa saying how it's like she was just here celebrating with me last year and, and all this and it just doesn't feel right. And then our girl Kelly walks in and what are you still doing here? So she obviously took the job with she her. Ob- and she obviously took the job to be the head of estate planning. And so for a long time, I don't think any of us knew what Kelly actually did. So I feel like this series finale was, or the this season was a huge pop out that not only was our girl funny, not only was our girl pulling niggas, our girl is a lawyer. <laughs> she's a whole ass lawyer i don't maybe i'm late and never paid attention but i don't remember us knowing exactly what kelly did i think she's in financial services i thought she was like an accountant or something yeah like i think that. she's an accountant in financial services and that's why they wanted her to have the estate division because they wanted her to work with lawyers because remember yeah, okay. when isa was working with her or because she was working with isa to try to get her finances together when isa was out in the wilderness. that's right that's right yeah that's right Telling her that she couldn't afford nothing but a cardboard box on her own. Right. Right. When she was trying to get an apartment, when she was living with, what'd you call it? Kelly was like, let's take a look at your finances for real. And she was like, ugh, there's nothing here. Um, I will say this though. Um, I, I just inferred that must be the moment though. Um, when Torian proposed? Yes, when Torian proposed. Yeah. Yeah, I I took the same thing from that because it was so secretive. It was in that moment. And I like started getting, so we get, Issa's at her own office. She has her own office. Um, And she looks incredible. 
Yes. And yes. in walks Lawrence looking also incredible. Incredible. And so they always have their little humor and stuff, but Issa's speech took me. That like that's when like I started getting choked up because yep. she she even said she like was like all this time, all this time just not knowing what I wanted, how I wanted it, where I was going. All this time, I was my greatest distractor. I was my biggest doubter. It was all me. And once I believed that it was going to work out, it worked out. And just Lauren saying, so do you believe it can work out? And she was like, I'm okay with finding out. And I was like, you know what? Take me now, Jesus. (laughs) Take me now. And then y'all could have gave us one more Lawrence and Issa sex scene. Y'all was being stingy. Very stingy. I didn't need the coffee spilling or whatever. I don't give a fuck about that. Y'all could have knocked everything over on that skip? How y'all going to skimp us because she a married woman now in real life? You know? Y'all could have gave us one more. We could have had one more sex scene. It was like been. literally um uh right audible. There. Me and my fiance watched it together. It was a, an audible oh when they started kissing. It was such a moment. Mm-hmm. Cuz it was like an exhale like we have all been waiting for this for so long. We like literally I literally have been holding my breath. Like I know I said I wouldn't have been upset had she decided to say stay single and choose herself and now i'm walking walking back the choose yourself statement because whatever decision Issa would have made would have been her choosing herself and that's what i'm saying i don't think she didn't choose herself i think she chose herself herself. and and choosing herself she chose to go with her her mind and her heart yeah she she chose herself she chose herself and we had this conversation in pregame a lot of people had a huge problem with her and Lawrence getting back together. We talked about in the previous episode, the nasty digs at her, you know, going into this, becoming a blended family with Ja and Condola and all that other stuff. But um, the thing is, a lot of people dabble back with their exes. A no lot. one they shouldn't. A lot of people dabble back with their exes. And I feel like there was a lot of projection because so many times people have gone back to an ex and they have gotten the same heartbreak or worse from that situation. But the thing is you went back to somebody or you yourself hadn't made any changes for the better, hadn't made any changes for progress, hadn't made the changes that would make the relationship healthier and would push it further in the, in the long run. Y'all just went back and started doing the same old toxic bullshit that you had been doing. And a lot of times when people go back to the excess, they're in this very strange suspended state, right? You don't move on with your life. You don't learn any more lessons. You're not moving. You're just staying still waiting for the next opportunity to be with that person again. So how do you learn anything else about yourself if you're just waiting for your next opportunity? I honestly think that um, Lawrence and Issa were not waiting to get back with each other. They were literally just living their lives. And we saw it. We got to see it. And the seasons after the breakup, you know, he had a whole phase. He had VD. He started getting these better job opportunities. He's dating women. He's right. taking interviews in San Francisco. He, he moved to another city and all this stuff. We see the same thing with Issa. Issa got tired of being suspended in time with 
uh, we got us or we got y'all and she quit and she was mm-hmm. driving Uber and Lyft and she was managing the apartment building and all this. Fast forward now, the block is so successful that she's making a living doing that. She's not driving Uber. <laughs> she, she's not managing apartments and shit anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, as, as you know, she's not doing that anymore. Her and Lawrence grew individually and then came back together. So a big part of why people were so mad, and I tweeted this, right? A big part of why a lot of people were so mad at Lawrence and Issa ending up together is because they wanted them to stay apart because they wanted them to do something they can't do. They ain't got nothing to do with the, the reason you cannot leave your ex alone, right? Uh, you, you got to stand up for yourself in real life. They can't play tough guys. Everybody wants to be a tough guy or whatever, but life is life. You in love with somebody, you in love with somebody. And people are also not used to seeing non-toxic relationships. Like they got like a touch of toxic, but there are, y'all are talking about people who do not belong together. Y'all be beating each other asses and giving each other venereal diseases and shit. And y'all talking about maybe I should call my ex. No, you absolutely shouldn't. These are people that grew up and groups back together again not y'all people are not used to being given grace and giving Mm. grace to other people that's it it is very very easy to say everything you will not deal with anything everything is a full stop it's a no no i'm not dealing with this i'm not dealing with that that's a hard line in the sand that can't nobody cross and no boundaries But I believe that we saw, if you go back to season one, if you were to watch all the seasons over and over again, we saw them go through the stages of a breakup. And a lot of people get stuck in one stage in a breakup, and that's the anger stage. Mm -hmm. You did me wrong. I hate you. Fuck you. I don't want nothing to do with you. But in this series, slowly but surely, we saw... Nathan and Issa start giving each other grace. It went from anger to, you know, was, Hey, how you doing? To is a little awkward to you speak when you see him to, they sit down, have dinner and really flesh things out. They end up back together. And like they allowed each other space and grace to grow. They did not get stuck in one phase of their breakup cycle. So a lot of, a lot of people do. A lot of people, I hate my ex, fuck them, I fuck them, they could die. I don't feel like none of that about my exes. I don't hate you. I'm I not feel mad a at difference. You. Right. Whatever we went through, it was meant for us to go through that. It it ended, but here I am now. I don't, I don't hate you. I don't want you, but I don't hate you. I don't get stuck in the rage phase of a breakup. And a lot of people are not used to that. And we see them do the work. A lot of people we- don't do the work. We have not ever been properly introduced or properly told how to break up with people. Um, everything has to be a crash and burn. Everything has to be a crash and burn. There can't be a, a general acknowledgement, even if something bad happens, like a, yo, something bad happened. You know, I cheated, you cheated. You know what? Women were not great for each other. God bless. It's not an overnight thing. But this, the way that people harbor hate and resentment from people, instead of just it turning eventually to indifference, like there's not one of my exes that I could see that would get a visceral reaction out of me at this point in my life, especially me being in a relationship. Now I, all I got is indifference because I feel like 
anything else would mean I still had some kind of feeling for them. And I literally have no feelings for them. Period. So, but I wish that one thing that I'm going to give my children and when they start to, to date, um, <clears throat> is how to successfully and gracefully bow out of a relationship, especially that you're not feeling, uh, and do it in a way that's not disrespectful, that you can maybe go back around if, you know, you mature, or, you know, maybe you grow back together or something. But if it's not working for you, that you kind of bow out and it doesn't have to be a blow up situation because I didn't get those skills. A lot of us didn't. No, no we didn't. Which we so we made it back to Molly's birthday. That was year one. We fast forward another year. So this is two years. Mm-hmm. right we're two years into this or at least at least two years because like we said we don't know how far how long ago it was when they got together for molly's birthday the first right. time we don't know if that was the that exact year or was the year we don't know but we know that we're at least two years later right and right. what do we get a beautiful fucking wedding oh god we are introduced to Mr. and Mrs. Torian Jackson. And First of all, dress. Molly's dress was fucking the dress. outstanding. Yes. The, as a person who just tried on 400,203 wedding dresses, the detail on this dress, that is not a dress that you just see on. I have never seen a dress look anything like that. Like with the big lace details, like the dress was made of lace and it wasn't a whole bunch of crazy lace overlay. Like that dress was absolutely gorgeous. It fit her so well. That wig was not it, but it's okay. It's Molly. Um, we can't have it all. Um, the dress, something in her change in this wedding and her face was so happy. Her dress looked so good. She just looked so light during the wedding. It just was so beautiful to see. And Issa, okay, I saw her dress, right? I have, you know, bigger titties. I, they used to be much bigger than they are now. Well, not really. They just used to be kind of saggier than they are now. I never knew that that's how dresses like that were supposed to fit. So embarrass me. I'm embarrassed. Like how... Her titties are up here, but the dress is like a deep V. I'm like, is that how, is that how that's supposed to work? I didn't know. Child, she looked gorgeous though. She looked, she looked yes. gorgeous. And apparently red is her favorite color, which is why we saw so much red in this final episode. Um, Red is her favorite color. You know, we see Molly and Torian dancing. We see L- Lawrence and Issa still together. Kelly and her boo still together. Tiffany mm-hmm. is pregnant again. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lawrence asked Issa, is she okay? And a lot of people assume they was asking like, are you okay? Cause she got married before you. But I think Lawrence knew that this was a huge thing for their friendship because for yep. so long that for a majority of the show, they had been single best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One might get in a, a little relationship here, a little relationship there, but for the most part, Molly and Issa were single together a lot of the time and trying to figure it out. And so I took it as Lawrence asking Issa, are you okay? Cause I know this is a new chapter for y'all friendship. This is new to y'all. 
you are letting go of somebody that you have protected, fought with, loved, laughed with, cried with, and they have done the same for you. And now she's got this new person. And it like, is yes, very, y'all are, it is very different. Very different. It's very hard to like, even if you love the person that your, your bestie is married to, it's sometimes hard to find that groove. Like it's lost. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's a, it's a finding your new role thing with the person. And it's a, you have to grieve who you were before you married, got married. Um, And I, I just love that he delicately gently asked her, are you okay? It was a small touch of the hand. It was the get going, getting beside her. Like just, it was Lawrence being the man that, Issa always deserved yes yes when he did the work when he put in the work when he when he found balance he was able to be the man that he knew that Issa deserved Mm -hmm. because that that is a very valid question like going from you know because the the partner your husband let me say this you don't trade in your best friend when you get married that's not how that works Okay, you don't. But your husband becomes a huge part of your life. And things that you may have done with your best friend previously, now you have to make time to do those kind of things with your your husband and still do those things with your best friend. Because you'll be surprised how much how much single women do together like they're in a relationship which we're about to get to that next. I don't think a lot of women realize that they are in love stories with their best friends. Yep. Um, And not just love stories in the whimsical sense. It's those quiet moments, right? Um, Yeah. I call it target moments, right? I have a thing. I love Target. I love shopping at Target, but I don't always like shopping alone. Um. I will shop with my best friend at Target. I'll be like, you want to go to Target? You want to go? And that'll be a thing. Do you want to go to get Starbucks to look around to um, TJ Maxx? Like, that's a thing. Like, those little things that you do on a Saturday morning or whatever, they eventually become the things that you do with your man, you know, that you do with your friends sometimes. But those those quiet things, those, like, it's, it's hard trying to find a balance at first when you first get in a relationship, you first get married, uh, of who gets what, and it can feel like a strain almost like, and it's also like a letting go thing because any good friend worth her weight understands that there's going to be some letting go. Right. And they're not going to fight real hard to keep number one position in your life. They going to know you like, she married now, like I'm still her best friend. But she also has a husband that she needs to get to know um, Mm -hmm. on a more intimate level. Nobody's going to claw their way. Your best friend shouldn't be clawing at your husband for the top spot in your life. You know, so it is a kind of a sense of loss. Yes, I love that that moment that Lawrence gave her the space to say what she said. And that's why your take on it, Candace, is more realistic. I don't know how anybody could have thought any differently about what he meant asking her if she is okay and even just thinking about well one of my best friends is my cousin we're five months apart and just seeing the dynamics of our friendship even though we're related seeing the dynamics of our friendship changing when she became married so it definitely 
is something that is true true to life for a lot of us. And I, I don't try to overstep my boundaries with her husband. He is very much a part of our family as I am a part of his family. But you just learn to have, you, you have to get into a role of just relearning this person in this new phase of their life. Right. How you can still fit into their life, but also not feel like you're slighted at the same time and not feel like you're threatened by their their new husband and that their husband doesn't feel threatened by your relationship with their now wife. So it is definitely is all a part of growing pains and just just becoming an adult. It really is. And I think that's why this show has resonated with so many of us, because we have seen ourselves and more than one of these characters or one of these characters at different phases of our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. Which brings us to the tear jerking conversation between Molly and Issa after the wedding and the reception. And Issa is helping Molly out of her wedding dress. And she, you know, Issa asks her how she's feeling. And Molly's just like, I'm happy. Really, 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 I'm I'm so happy. I'm happy. And they have this, you know, Molly turns to Issa. And she thanks her for loving her when she wasn't the best version of herself that she could be. Right. Um, to me, that is like the the best and purest form of love is a lot of times friendships. Mm-hmm. Most times, 99% of the time, friendships. Friendships are the purest form of love you will have if you pay attention, if you look at the friendships that your kids form when they're little, how pure they are. When you look at the relationship, the friendships that your kids form when they, you know, start junior high, get to high school, get to college. And then when you start to look at yourself and those same friendships, like Bree said, her and Rami have been friends since they were like 12. I have a best friend that I've been best friends with since I was like seven or eight. I have seen her have kids. She has seen me have kids. We have kept in touch. She lives in Florida. I still keep in touch with her mom and she keeps in touch with mine. The purest form of love a lot of times that you will have in your life will be friendships. And your friends will love you when you are not the best version of yourself. We saw firsthand what happened when Molly was not the best version of herself and how she just kind of took it all out on Issa. And even still, she and Issa did the work and, and managed to not only come back, but come back better and stronger as friends. Um, I also think that this was like a, a cathartic moment for her in hearing her say, I know I was a lot. I know I was a lot. Because I think a lot of times Molly didn't acknowledge how bad she was. Yeah. And shit. No, she didn't for real. She just, even like the, one of the last times we saw Molly in therapy, y'all remember that episode in season four and this her therapist asked her was there anything she could have done differently and she was like no fuck that she owes me an apology Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i feel like that molly is long gone um we have a molly who stands up in her in her shit now and i love that for her because there's no way she's making it down the aisle there's no way she's becoming mrs tori and jackson if she has not sorted through 
a lot of her own baggage and her own issues to be able to be loved and love. Like right. a lot of people can love, but there uh, you'll be surprised how oftentimes we don't know how to be loved. So I was extremely, I was, I was, I teared up. I cried at this scene just because I recognize how important my, my woman, my women friends are to me and how incredible it is to see them grow and thrive and find love, be happy, be loved and everything else. So I feel like there was no way they could have ended this, this series without that particular scene. Like that was the, that scene had to be there. And I love that um, Yvonne Orji said that that was lo- the last scene that they had actually filmed together and it was all impromptu. And the director was just like, y'all have at it. Like none of it was written. So it was like a beautiful love story, not only to their characters, but to them, you know, to the actual people who played the roles. Because imagine how close you have to be to be best friends on TV for this long. Like there has to be a real hint of friendship there. And just, like somebody had to challenge because when the insecure start 2010 no yeah something like 20, 20 2011 no like 2016 or 2016 they said where were you in 2016 versus where insecure was ending right and um people were just saying like all these things and it was just such a beautiful moment and <clears throat> to hear them together just have that i just loved it absolutely so we get to the final scenes of the series and we see Issa in the most incredibly tailored red suit ever. Her hair is immaculate. Her makeup is immaculate. She's having meetings. We see that she's uh, going to be hosting the third annual block party. So it's been at least three years now. The red suit, or maybe maybe that was a um, maybe that was an old flyer, but we know it's been at least three years now, right? Because there was a third annual block party. That suit was incredible. She looked yes. incredible. Mm-hmm. We see her leave to go home. She gets in a brand new black Lexus. Love it, and she is riding around LA and hitting some of the spots where everything happened we see her ride past the dunes and thug yoda is outside with his daughter we see her ride past the walmart she see a nigga coming down the best buy shirt you know we just see her reminiscing and but the good sis is driving to hollywood yes and i went by the dunes when i was in la right so y'all have to understand um it's so crazy right because the dunes I would I would have thought that it was like in uh it's like literally pops up out of nowhere right it's in like this kind of meandering neighborhood of all these other neighborhoods that look just like it like it's like very suburban like I thought it was like like um Crenshaw is maybe like three or four streets over if I'm not mistaken um, but it's like still like very suburban, but there weren't a lot of people out there when I was there. Like I got to take me and Colin took our pictures in front of it or whatever. And we dipped and the rent there is like $1,500 for a one bedroom, which I felt like was reasonable. Yeah. For, for this, for this for LA. Side of the country. Yeah, yeah, it is. 
It is. And we see her go in the house in this beautiful, modern home, right? And Lawrence and and baby Ja are there, or toddler Ja, and they've made Issa a birthday cake. Now, let's let's discuss the significance of this. Season Mm -hmm. one, episode one. He knew it was her birthday. He didn't plan anything. Mm. Season five, episode 10. Not only did he know it was her birthday he planned something and he and his son made a cake for Issa now if you are paying attention when she goes to kiss him you see an engagement ring on her finger Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but if you miss it when she's in the in the mirror getting ready you see it then Lawrence and Issa are engaged and Molly calls and Molly is in Greece. Her and Torian are traveling and she's saying like, this nigga don't give me no air. I need to travel with my girls again. Issa's like, oh, is this what I have to look forward to? So like, I was like, listen, I had tears running down my face at this point because she said she wanted to fast forward to the part of her life where everything would be okay. Mm-hmm. and finally everything is okay once she stopped trying to have the picture that she that she thinks everybody else wants the right. perfect picture instead she gets she she has the picture that is perfect for her and it's her so picture funny. includes baby jot and condola yeah yeah i think it's so funny because in order for Issa to get where she got, her friends had to get where they got to. And it's it's weird in that way because a lot of times you see a lot of, and I'm just speaking to women because that's all I know, really. A lot of times when women who are in friend groups that are miserable, the misery just keeps passing from one woman to the next, one woman to the next. We saw the same with Molly and Issa, right? They kept passing their misery back and forth to each other because neither one of them were in a good place, right? And you could kind of see um, Kel- uh, Kelly and Tiffany kind of was out there, back there with theirs a little bit because they weren't close up to Issa and um, Molly because they saw how ugh, their relationship was. Um, seeing them and seeing the resolution kind of made me think of how many opportunities of things that I let go because I, would, I, I was afraid of what my friends would say. But the same friends that I was afraid of what would say are nowhere to be found in my life today. Like, that it made me just full stop think about things like that how many relationships I let up and I mean thank god I'm where I am at but how many relationships how many jobs that I passed up how many times I didn't move how many moves I didn't make because I was so afraid or I got advice from friends who were nowhere to be found when I needed the support even though they helped me make the decision or giving me the advice absolutely and it was such a big reckoning moment for me that the voices quieted for her when she took full control of her own life because I realized I made that decision for myself a long time ago and I lost people not in the grand scheme of you know what people think they lose people I lost people that were already gone but I just didn't know that they were already gone, right? Because a lot of times the people who are the loudest and the buzziest in your ear about your relationship and about, uh-uh, girl, don't do that. Or these niggas out here, da-da-da-da-da, who really don't have your best interest in their mind or at heart, 
they really are nowhere to be found when you really need them, when you're struggling, when you're depressed, when you need help, when you need a leg up, when you need to borrow money, when you, they're not anywhere around. So when I say I lost people, I lost people like that. You know, and I'm glad that I lost them. A lot of people talk about keeping their circle small. My circle has always been small. It always has been small. I've always had really good people close to me. It's me who thinks, who assigns people friendship, who I should have never assigned friendship to, you know? And it was like seeing the finale of this, seeing her come into her own, seeing her really realize, okay, me is all I need. Me is who I need to trust. It just really did something to me because we don't often hear messages of like, trust yourself, trust your own intuition. It's trust your girlfriends or you listen to what your friends have to say, or your friends wouldn't steer you wrong. And I don't think no one, I don't think anyone intentionally steered her wrong or tried to steer her wrong. It's just like, sometimes you're just not in the best place in your life to give people advice. Even if it's a, even if you think you're giving them the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I really do believe that this series finale pulled the whole season together. And yeah. if the series finale had been any different, this season would have been a bust. Yeah. So yeah. let me walk back what I said about how meh the season was, because this series finale absolutely was the cherry on top. Hey, let's let's just get in a car together and just drive back because I have to as well take back my statements. I'm gonna be in the back seat on this one. <laughs> because <laughs> when I started reading some of like Prentice Penny tweets, so shout out to him because he is very active on Twitter when it came to the episodes. When you know, when he talked about how they wanted the, they wanted people to see the characters have to sit in their discomfort this season mm-hmm. because we even said like why is everybody still going through some shit at this point why ain't nobody happy yet and the truth of the matter is that in real life you really do got to sit in your shit sometimes and figure it out you can't just turn the page and act like what you read before didn't happen right I am so satisfied with the way that it turned out. I am so dissatisfied with the way you niggers have acted on Twitter about the way that this is like hard ERs Um, because I just glanced at my phone. I would just like to say um, a full day later, I tweeted this 12, 28, 21 at 3, 12 PM, a black woman built their own show when there wasn't enough representation. And now checks notes. Some black man wants to know where the shows were are for black men. Go build it. I am still having people in my mentions today, a full 24 hours later, over 24 hours later, arguing about it. I am so disgusted with the notion of where's the shows for black men? There were no shows for black women either. Like the shows that were for black women like Issa built it she didn't see it so she built it I don't understand how why is it so offensive that I asked that black men build their own shows don't y'all have the power of drug dealer universe <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like someone called power someone said that 50 cent was building building the fucking cinematic universe of drug dealers and I can't I can't I can't <laughs> the crazy thing is is that seeing Mr. Cynthia Bailey tweet this the other day 
Go and focus on not cheating on your wife, bitch ass nigga. Hello. That's what you do. When I hear, when I saw. Black oh, that's her men, husband? Yeah. Yes. That tweeted that? Yeah. I had yes, no idea you. that that was her husband. I had no yeah. idea. So let's pull up to here. So he makes a, a grand statement like that, which is false because people actually talked about several shows that are either on television now or are forthcoming. And you know, he just totally ignored that. He just wanted to side with people who was agreeing with him, like most men do on social media. And so when I mentioned to at least one or two people, I'm glad I don't follow this person back. I said, okay, well, y'all talking about y'all don't have representation. I said, but Tyler Perry presently has a show called Bruh on TV now that censors black male friendships and navigating life and love but y'all not going to support that, right? Y'all not a demographic for them, right? Because most people who watch that show are black women. And let's be real, a lot of these men who have these, these grand statements to say like this, you lack the creativity, you lack the content. You wouldn't be able to have it unless you have a black woman's input because you don't have the range to do it on your own. So I just chose not to entertain it. Like I tweeted a few things the other day, but I just told, I just chose not to feed into it because y'all really don't want this type of content on television. Y'all just want to complain and y'all just want another reason to shit on black women for doing things. Like people don't understand that Issa started out with a web series. A lot of these men just found out about who Issa Rae is from the show Insecure. Y'all not really willing to put in the work. Y'all just want to complain. Like, I, I'm, right. I'm over it. You're absolutely right. And I had so many people come in my mentions and be like, you're divisive. We're all black. It's for all of us. And I'm like, you know, what's so funny that he said that to me. And I thought some of the best parts of Insecure were the friendships that he had that um, um that Lawrence had with his friends, that they showed black successful men in friend groups because there was clearly a clear friend group. Um, I also felt like Lawrence got wonderful advice from his friends. And I said that several times, did I not? So there were, for, because they weren't the focus doesn't mean they don't exist. Um, Y'all are quick to call everything gay. Mm-hmm. That's not gay. For <laughs> y'all, for friend group, um, a, a show about a, a black male friend group. Y'all really going to watch that or is it going to be black women watching it? And the thing is, Brie, like somebody mentioned, and no, Mr. Cynthia Bailey mentioned this as well, living single. Yes, the premise of the show was about four women, or was it three of them, living in a brownstone, but did it not also include the friendship between Overton and Kyle? They said living single. They didn't say bitches living single. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, that's everybody living single. And it's like, he had to refute everything. And there is some kind of, there's a new show called Grand Something that's coming. That's literally, it's a male friend group. And there's two, it's called what, Jameson? Grand Crew. Jameson actually knew the name of the show. Okay, Jamie. So it's called Grand Crew. And it's coming on NBC. And it's about four Black men and their friend group. Shout out to you, Jameson. I appreciate that. Hey. It's called Grand Crew and it's coming out. And the dude was like, oh, that doesn't have enough episodes. But you said you wanted shows like this. <laughs> like, 
what is what is it like you're gonna have to support something that make it through and then Tyler Perry has a show called bruh or brothers or something like that like did y'all hear that and then somebody's like take it old school or like Noah's Ark was a wonderful show of uh black men and uh their friend groups but that was about gay men y'all don't want that neither right so there have been things you just want to complain but I'm just like I'm so tired of that every time a black woman builds something here come black men where's mine I am just like black men are the white people of black people like I'm sick of y'all I am sick of y'all and I just I I think it goes without saying that I love my brothers and the, the black men that I associate with would never diminish a black woman in her moment of creation but so many of y'all are so insufferable like if you want something that bad go create it y'all wasn't even thinking about that until Issa started getting accolades and then there was another woman that was like uh Issa was not poor <laughs> girl what like okay. did y'all see that I feel like yeah, yeah but I feel like this is a conversation we can have when we discuss the documentary just because we are going to discuss just how many people Issa Ray put on with Insecure that look like her yes, or that I'm were women that. or that were people of color or that. that were black men. She, Yvonne Orgy was virtually unknown until Insecure. And mm-hmm. I wish she would have stayed unknown in that comedy career, baby, because that did not hit for me, but she's a cute actress. I love it. So we are going to come back. We're going to discuss the documentary because would this be the insecure experience if we didn't touch on everything insecure? Um, the documentary is beautiful. We get to see just what type of leader Issa Ray really is because there are a lot of people in Hollywood who are so insufferable that people don't like working for them, but they grin and bear it for a check mm-hmm. and a chance to right. keep working. And did you see how many people were just in tears about her and how many people were just like, oh my gosh, she's just, I love working with her and I just want to be with her. And, you know, like she's given me such opportunities and blah, 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 blah. Like, you don't hear people gush over people like that in Hollywood at all. Not at all. Correct. So with that said, this has been the series finale wrap-up of HBO's Insecure starring Issa Rae, Jay Ellis, um, Natasha Rothwell, um, Yvonne Orji. I hate to see it go, honestly, but they went out amazingly. And I, and honestly, if they had kept it for another two seasons, I feel like it would have started dragging. And I feel like it would, we would have started seeing the, it's time to wrap this up. How much longer are Issa and Lawrence going to do this cat and mouth game? Um, Issa knew when it was time for her love child to be laid to rest and she did an incredible job. All of the writers did, the producers, the directors, and so on and so forth. And with that said, we will be back next week to discuss the Insecure documentary. Because um, we need to touch on Nathan's speech, too. Because he really, yeah. hey, hey. Yeah. Hey, he, he, he put it all on the line. But we adore y'all. We thank y'all for tuning in. We're going to be back discussing some other shows. Um harlem on um amazon prime and we've got this is us and there's a lot of 
great ass TV with black ass people um, that we want to be talking about. So, because I want to know what happened to Deja in This Is Us. Because she pregnant, yeah, she a doctor. I need to know who she pregnant by. Me too. Is it mm-hmm. is it Malik? Or did Malik move to Boston and get back with his baby mama? I need to know who Kate's marrying. Who wait, what? The teacher. I need to know who no, I don't think she's marrying the teacher. That's too easy. Cause you know they love a plot twist. Now nah, that was it. She married the music teacher. I want to know why her and Toby got divorced. Oh, I know why. What was the straw that broke the Campbell's back? Oh, that's a good point. Was it it infidelity? Was it him relocating for work? Was it just the constant tug of war they were always having? What was it? Wait, so what what makes y'all... That's another conversation for another day. I ain't going to drag y'all into that right now because I could talk. I could talk. (laughs) This is us all damn day. Okay. I've enjoyed enjoyed doing this. Yeah, I've enjoyed doing this with y'all. I'll say so. We got one more time. Yes. Yes. And I'll see y'all back next week. Peace.